The word uh, uh, shepherd, but the Bible mentions shepherds. This is C under your thing there. Over 200 times the word shepherd is used throughout all of Scripture, Old and New Testament. And then right underneath that, 16 times in the New Testament, we hear the word shepherd. Now, in the New Testament, it's not generally referring to the literal person who kept sheep. It's the relationship that we have with Christ or that Christ has with the church or that a pastor or bishop, that's D for you there, a pastor or a bishop has with their church pastor or bishop is best translated as shepherd. That's the same word that's used in the New Testament, the same Greek word. I also find it really interesting, and this goes back to, I know I'm jumping around just a tiny bit, but be there under number one. About the time, so not immediately, not with Abel, but about the time that people stopped being uh, nomads and wandering, because that is originally how people were, but once they started settling down into more cities and more established colonies and such, and you started having more trades, and you started having more farming and such, shepherds became entirely looked down upon. In fact, in a lot of cultures, even though sheep or, or whatever they were the shepherd of um, were very important to the, uh, the economic and socioeconomic world, the shepherd was hated they were seen as just above slaves. They weren't quite slaves. They still had their free will. Sometimes, sometimes a slave was a shepherd. But they became to be incredibly looked down upon. And I find that interesting as well. That this person and this metaphor that permeates scripture is looked down on. Kind of like the person that permeates scripture would be looked down upon himself by people. Because sometimes, right, we miss the point. It was also reserved, the shepherd, I don't know if I wrote this one down, um, but the shepherd was often reserved as the youngest brother. Once people started to settle down, not, not, uh, not in the time of a Moses or a, uh, or a uh, uh, Jacob and such, where his sons were all doing it, um, once you started to see settlements, actual settlements, it became the youngest brother, right? David is probably the most famous shepherd in all of Scripture. Why was he out watching the flocks? He was the youngest. It kind of is a little bit um, ironic because to be a shepherd, you had to be strong, intelligent, quick-thinking, decent with some sort of weapon to uh, fend off different animals, lions, bears, and tigers. Oh, my. You know... <laughs> but it was the youngest. Why? Because the youngest had the lowest standing. The youngest didn't get any inheritance. Their inheritance was to smell like sheep. That's kind of what you got, right? Is the oldest that got the inheritance. And so everybody after it kind of got less. And so the youngest stayed with the sheep. That was their job. So that's kind of some facts about shepherds. Now I'm in, I'm in two here. What did they do? What did a shepherd do? Well, their first and primary, and, and I wrote down some scriptures there uh, with it that it's referenced in scripture. Um, they lead to food and water. Perhaps the most famous passage about shepherds, right, is Psalm 23. And that's where one of those places we see, and that's the, the main thing for a shepherd is to lead the flock. Sheep are stupid. You ever been around them? They're idiots. They can't find food. 
most animals can find food. They may not be able to defend themselves. They may not be able to do much, but they at least can find food and water. Sheep literally need it put right in front of them. That was the job of the shepherd. Also protection. I mentioned that the David, right, was great with the sling. We see him kill bear and lion and stuff in Scripture as he's defending the flock. So a shepherd had to be physically strong as well as they defended this flock because a sheep can't defend itself. You ever seen a sheep? It's like a big pillow. It doesn't even have teeth that can do anything. They have teeth, but they're not going to do anything. Yes, it would hurt if one bit you, but if a lion's trying to eat this thing, their teeth aren't going to do anything. They don't have claws. They literally have no way of defending themselves. So the shepherd has to do it. They guard at night, and that is where we're going to find these shepherds. Normally, there would be, uh, you would have a group of shepherds together watching multiple flocks. And then throughout the night, you would take turns watching the entirety of the flock. One or two would stay awake while the other one slept, and then after a few hours, they would switch. So they had to be awake. They didn't get a ton of sleep. It wasn't like they got the full allotment of seven to eight hours of sleep every night. And then the last thing there, they carried the weak lambs. I know we've talked about this, but I love the, the picture, right? We've seen it. We've talked about it. The picture of the shepherd carrying the lamb over his shoulders because he has gone to get it and broken its legs so that it can't run away. But there's so much more to it than that, that the shepherd's job is not just to keep the current flock safe. It's to go and find the ones that go astray as well. And to find them. And to bring them back. Because their job is not just to protect the ones that are there, it's to protect the ones that will be there. And the ones that have gone astray. So that's a little bit about shepherds. Um, just some facts about them as we look into why I think the shepherds are the first to hear about it. So here we are, you're outside Bethlehem somewhere, not very far, because they're able to make it that night. So they're not very far, maybe a mile, two miles outside of Bethlehem. We find these shepherds. It's not uncommon for them to be around hills because that's where grass and things would grow, and they can more easily keep a watch on the whole flock because if they're up on the hills, you can look up and see more of them than if you're just looking out at a flat plain. So it wouldn't have been uncommon for them to be in this sort of area, so one or two of them are awake, and boom, there's an angel. We often think of angels as beautiful creatures, and they probably are, but what is the first thing that they always have to say whenever an angel appears? Don't be afraid. Now, I also think it helps that they're afraid because they seem to want to show up at night when you're trying to sleep. But that, so these, this angel appears, and he's saying, hey, don't be scared, for tonight in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. And this shall be a sign. You'll find him wrapped in a swallowing cloth. And oh, it's this beautiful image. Why, shepherd? Why did God say, the first people that are going to hear, it's not going to be the innkeeper. It's not going to be Elizabeth. It's not going to be, uh, uh, you know, John the Baptist in his infancy. It's not going to be the priests. It's not going to be the Pharisees or the Sadducees. No, it's the shepherds. Why? Here's why. First off, shepherding, shepherding is exactly what Christ does for us. There's this beautiful imagery between Christ the shepherd and us. And I think he tells them because they've, they, they represent that. Just as marriage, right? We know that marriage represents Christ in the church now. It's one of those things. 
I think that he went to shepherds first because he was sowing the seeds. It's the symbolism, the metaphor, the analogy, whatever literary term, or not literary, but you know, uh, uh, linguistic or whatever term you want to throw in there. I think he went to them first because he held shepherds in a special place in his heart. The king, who was king before David, he chooses what? A shepherd. Because a shepherd has to watch. A shepherd has to think more about everybody else than about themselves. A shepherd has to think more about the sheep than them. They don't have a choice. If they think about themselves, they're a pretty bad shepherd because now their sheep are gone. But secondly, and maybe more importantly, I think he chose shepherds because he was, for lack of a better term, spitting in the face of the rest of the world. You've looked down on them for 3,000, 4,000 years, give or take. But the first profession that I made was a shepherd. The analogies I've used throughout Scripture are about shepherds. I made your king a shepherd. But all you've done is look down on him. So you know what? They're the first ones that get to know. We read in Scripture, right, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And a lot of times, like, we kind of take that out of context sometimes and be like, yay. But this is the true, this is, this is the true, the last shall be first. The lowest of the low in society gets to know that the Savior is born. He's there. He's a mile, two miles that way. Go see him. Now, here's the other thing about the shepherds, though. Because nobody, I have never heard this talked about, not saying I came up with this. But I've never heard it talked about from the pulpit. Let me rephrase that. How many shepherds went? The answer is we don't know. But I would wager all the money that I've ever seen in the world that it wasn't all of them. You see, I would wager that there were a couple of shepherds that stayed behind. One, maybe because they went, well, it's my job. I can't leave this flock. What if, what if a lion or a bear or a wolf or whatever comes during the night and takes one of them? I'll lose my job. I might lose my life. I can't go. It's my job. I have to stay and watch. Or maybe some were like, I don't believe in this Messiah. It's been said for hundreds, thousands of years, and yeah, like he's going to be born here, and we're going to hear, I was sleeping, I hallucinated. We all hallucinated something, it's fine. I'm not going, because I don't believe. Maybe you had one or two who said, well, it's too far. Yeah, it's only a mile, but you know what, we've been up all day, and most of the night, I'm tired. I'm just too tired to go see if this is real. And then you had a couple that went that said, yeah, all right, I'll go. Maybe reluctantly, maybe some wholeheartedly, but they went nonetheless. You see, we praise this, the shepherds a lot and we love it. I have multiple nativity set up in my house. They stay up year round. And I love the shepherds that are in there. But we praise the shepherds so much. But I would wager some stayed behind. I would wager that some didn't quite grasp what was happening that night even though a literal heavenly host appears and starts singing and we can easily look back on them and go man how could they have missed it 
man, how could you have missed it? You see, I, I don't need a heavenly host to appear to me. Because I have God's words written down for me. If I need a heavenly host to appear to me to tell me something, I've already missed it way too many times. So why shepherds? Because in the end, that's who Christ is. There was one extra shepherd at the nativity that night. He was a baby. He wasn't grown yet. But you know what? What did he do? He led people to food and water. Not, not physical food, although he did that. But spiritual food and water. Multiple times. He gave protection multiple times, especially I bring your attention, we just talked about it with Peter, when he calms the storm or picks Peter up out of the lake. He guards us at night, and you know what? He carries the weak, and you know what else he did? He was willing to die. Shepherds needed to be willing to give everything to protect the flock, and you know what? Jesus not only was willing, but he did it. You see, metaphor and prophecy and stuff weaves its way through Scripture. And I'm not saying that this was a, quote, prophecy. But I think it was a, a uh, uh, oh, what's the word? In literature, when something happens early on in the book or the movie, and it foretells something that happens later on in the movie. Thank you. Foreshadowing. The fact that shepherds... We're the first to hear, I think, is a little bit of foreshadowing for who Jesus is and what he was going to be. And that's why they're my favorite. The wise men are great. I'm not, they weren't at the, the, that night. They came about three years later. But you know what? I still include them in my nativities. The wise men are great. They're cool. They came with the things to bury Jesus. It's great. The innkeeper missed the point. But, you know, it doesn't say, but I bet you his, he looked out the window. Man, this woman just gave birth in a cave. Okay. But the shepherds, they were there. And while it was probably missed on them, you know, they, they were there to see the Savior. They probably didn't fully understand. You ever think about what it was like in the future? 33 years, if one or two of those guys are still alive. And they hear about this Jesus guy who was born in Nazareth, or from Nazareth, born in Bethlehem. Man, I saw him at his birth. What do you mean he was crucified? There's something beautiful in the shepherds, and that's why they're my favorite. This Christmas season... I'm going to challenge you the same way I challenged the, uh, the teenagers uh, on Friday. What shepherd are you going to be? You're going to stay behind to watch the flock, meaning you're going to stay behind because you think you're too busy. You have too much to do. Or are you going to be the ones that decided to leave everything and go, now, notice that in this moment, they probably go back to being shepherds. Maybe even that night. And that's okay. But they were willing to go. Christmas is right around the corner, two days, three days away. And there are people out there who desperately need the shepherds, the shepherd, I should say. And they know the story. Everybody knows the story. If you live in America and you're above the age of five, you know 
the story of Christ's birth. It's just the nature of it. But do they know it? And are you showing it to them? Are you showing them? Are you being a shepherd and leading them besides still waters? The water of everlasting life. You can't give it to them. You can't make them drink. Just as you can't make the sheep drink. But you can show it to them nonetheless. You see, the shepherds were the first to hear, and Christ is calling you to be the shepherds too. To the people around you. Because we're dumb, and we don't get it. And if we don't get it, how are they, how, how can we expect them to? We got to show them what we know. We got to shepherd them the best way that we can, and let God do the rest. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for today. Thank you for Christmas. My personal favorite time of year. I love the feeling in the air. I love the joy. I love the, the happiness. I love family. I love it all. But you know what I love the most is that scene 2,000 some odd years ago where you were lying as a baby. We're about to sing Silent Night. I don't know if it was silent. I bet you you cried some because you were a baby. But the shepherds showed up too. God, I ask for myself and for everyone else here, allow us to be shepherds in our community, to be shepherds in our homes, to be shepherds at our jobs, to be shepherds everywhere we, that we are, to show who you are, not for our own good, our own gain, our own glory, but all for yours. And Father, it's in the name of your Son that we pray, amen and amen.